Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to take a moment to welcome everybody who's joining us online. Can we just put our hands together and thank them for joining us? And we hope... We hope that if you're ever in our area that you will stop by and join us in person one Sunday at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. We have a wonderful church family here and we would love for you to come and hang out with us. But the, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving because how many of you know Thanksgiving happens this week? How many of you are ready for it? Yeah. I mean, like you're really ready for it. You've already picked out your stretchy pants. That's like a very important, vital part of Thanksgiving that so many people miss. You have to have a special pair of pants to wear on Thanksgiving that as you grow, they grow with you. You don't want anything to constrict you because that makes you feel bad about yourself. But if you're not aware of how full you are, man, you can keep on going. And I love to eat. I love Thanksgiving. And uh, as a matter of fact, Thanksgiving is actually one of my most favorite holiday celebrations and I have so many great memories from my childhood with Thanksgiving Uh, I had them I had some of them listed that I was going to share with you this morning and I thought you know what that may not be legal Uh, so I I was like I was trying to see if like the uh, statute of limitations was up and I don't know and so it may have been legal it may not so I won't share that one Uh, but one time I was in Tennessee with my family and my cousins and I were going to play paintball and we didn't play paintball like sissies do nowadays where they put all this, this armor on. We didn't have anything, Rick. And so we're up there in our, our shirts and our jeans. And we, all we had was these, like, masks that, like, painters used to wear. You know, the, the big, like, uh, goggles like, on, that they used to wear on Double Dare. And so I'm laying at the top of this hill. And I'm waiting for the opposing team to come up because I'm just going to pick them off as they come up. Somehow my cousin had snuck up behind me and at point blank range shot me right there on the bridge of my nose. And immediately when it hit me, I went, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm dead, stop shooting, I'm dead, I'm dead. And I walked off. So that's, I mean, those type of memories I have of Thanksgiving. I remember one year my dad decided that we were going to bury a turkey in the ground and cook it underground. Have you ever heard of such a thing? He spent some time on an Indian reservation, and he learned how to do this, like cooking in the ground. And so we spent like the whole day before Thanksgiving preparing the ground and getting the turkey ready, and then it cooked underground overnight, and it was probably one of the best turkeys that I've ever tasted in my life. And just got so many great memories. One time I spent uh, Thanksgiving in New York City. It was actually Ashley and I's first Thanksgiving together as a married couple. We were in New York City together. Got to do the whole parade stuff was going on all around us. Um, one time we spent Thanksgiving on a boat out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. One year we spent Thanksgiving at Disney World. I mean, just all over the place doing all different kinds of things. And here, but here's what I've learned. I've learned that Thanksgiving is not about where you are or where you go. As a matter of fact, and this will rub some of you the wrong way, but you got to hear what I'm saying. Thanksgiving is not even about who you are with. What I mean by that. If your thanks is only about who you are with, then what happens if they exit your life? I mean, some of you have lived long enough to have celebrated Thanksgiving with people who are no longer here with us. 
And so if you're only thankful because you're there with them, what happens when they exit your life? So Thanksgiving can't be about where you are. It can't be about what you're doing. And it can't be about who you are with. True Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact, has to go beyond a day of the year that we have on our calendar. And true Thanksgiving has to be a lifestyle that we live. I was thinking about it on the way here. I'm like, I love Thanksgiving, I love Christmas, and I love Easter, and they're, they're such important days to us, especially as a church. But really, they should be nothing more than like a recalibration. That every year, like Thanksgiving just reminds us and fuels us up to be thankful every day of the year. Christmas just reminds us of, of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we can be thankful every day. Easter season just reminds us that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he was resurrected so that we can have new life, so that we can be thankful for that every day. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. True, authentic Thanksgiving is a lifestyle, but it's not something that comes natural to us. It's actually got to be a learned behavior. If, if you have your Bible, go to 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 18. The Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Thessalonica here, and this one sentence slaps me in the face every time I read it. Now, I know many of you in here, you're, you're much holier than I am, and so most of you are going to be like, well, I floated here this morning, Pastor, and so I totally get what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Well, I don't sometimes, Okay. And so if this message is for anyone today, this message is for R.M. Meshagan. But watch what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter, verse 18. He says, give thanks. Okay, that's good. But then here it goes, in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now let me stop there. He's not saying be thankful for all things. I mean, I'm not thankful for when my kids get sick. I'm not thankful for when bad things happen. I'm not thankful for the pandemic that we've been in for the past several months. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying be thankful for. He's, be, he's saying be thankful in. See, I can actually learn to be thankful in every circumstance because no matter what is going on around me, I know who is with me. I know who re resides inside of me. And I know that every obstacle is going to be an opportunity for me to see the goodness of the Lord right here in the land of the living. So I can be thankful in every circumstance. I can be thankful in the difficult circumstances. And he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. To be thankful in all circumstances. This was penned by a man who had been beaten. He had been thrown in prison. He had been stoned. He had been shipwrecked. He was bitten by a venomous snake. I mean, this guy had, he's got quite the resume if you read about the Apostle Paul's life. I mean, he, he's gone through some stuff. Yet he can say things like, be thankful in all circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. I mean, that's the kind of attitude that he has, but that's not a natural response. We're not 
born that way. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't always feel thankful. Hello? I don't always feel thankful, but what I've learned is I don't have to feel thankful to be thankful. I mean, yesterday when I woke up, I did not feel thankful, Carol. You know what I felt? Tired. But I disciplined myself to get along with God and begin to pray, begin to worship, begin to thank him for everything that he's done for me in my life, begin to thank him for his salvation, begin to thank him for the trees and the, the birds and, and, and the, the creek that runs behind my I mean, just thanking him for anything that came to my mind, I just began to thank him. And what happens is everything begins to change. I mean, I have so many things I could complain about, but instead of focusing on the complaints, instead of complaining, instead of moaning and crying and grumbling, I decided I'm going to be thankful and everything shifted and changed. You know why? Because thanksgiving brings you into the presence of God. And in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. We have to, as Christians, we have to stop being led by our feelings. We have to stop being led by our emotions. And we have to take control of it through our thanks, our praise, our worship, our adoration. God says, hey, if you want to think about some things, think about everything that's good and pure and lovely. Shift your focus, shift your attention from everything that's wrong and start being thankful for what is right. Start being thankful for what is good and everything will begin to change in your life. The problem is that's not natural. We're not born that way. I mean, for those of you who have raised children, you know this to be true. My kids don't pop out of bed every morning and come and say, Papa, <laughs> I want to say thank you for the bed that I slept in last night. Oh, Father, I thank you for the clothes I have on my back. I'm thankful for the Eggo waffle that you so gingerly placed in the toaster for me this morning. I'm thankful for the extra bit of cinnamon that you sprinkled on it. I'm thankful for the roof. They don't do that. You know why? Because it's not natural to them. It's something we have to teach them. We have to train them in. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a parent, when you have a little kid and someone gives them a gift, you have to say to them, you have to say to the kid, what do you say? You say, what do you say? What do you say? What are we doing? We're trying to prompt them to say, thank you. And we will do this over and over and over again until we drill it through their heads that when someone does something good for them, they need to say thank you. Some of us need that drilled in our heads today. <laughs> Be thankful. Uh, last, it was a couple of months ago, I went out of town with my family and my sister-in-law was there and her little girl who is my niece, she eats bagels for breakfast. She loves bagels. And so I went to get my kids some breakfast, and I walked down to this little cafe that was nearby. And so I got the kids breakfast, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get my niece a bagel. And I didn't know if she had already eaten her bagel or not. So I get her a bagel, and the only one they had at the, the cafe was an everything bagel. So I said, well, yeah, I'll take that. And if she doesn't like it, then we've got bagels at the house she can have that she does like, you know. But it's one of those things you can't do one thing for some kids and not do it for all of them, right? And so I thought, well, I'll get her a bagel. So I bring it up to the, the place where we're staying, get everything situated, and I said, Jameson, I got you a, a bagel. And I said, it's all they had was an everything bagel. And she said, 
well, I don't like that kind. And her mom said, you need to say thank you for trying, Uncle Lauren. And she just looked at her mom like, ain't going to happen. And her mom and her are going back and forth. You tell Uncle Lauren, thank you now. No. You tell Uncle Lauren, thank you now. No. Then her mom goes, you come with me. I don't know what happened in the room next door, but there was an attitude adjustment. And when she came back in, thank you, Uncle Lauren. You know what I did? You know what this guy did? I looked at her and I said, if it doesn't come from the heart, it doesn't count. <laughs> I don't know why. I just had to do that. I just had to, I just had to like, you know, play with her. But, but it's true. Thanksgiving, as we learn to be thankful, as we learn to say thank you, then it goes from being just this automated response to where actual true thanksgiving is in our heart. We actually are thankful and then what happens is it becomes the fruit of our lips why out of the abundance of the heart the bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks in other words whatever is inside of you is what's going to come out of you if you're filled with negative stuff complaining is going to come out of you but if you'll take time to fill yourself with the goodness of god what's going to come out of you is the thanks and the praise and the worship and the adoration that begins to shift and change everything in your life I want you to go to um, Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. I'm going to start reading in verse 7. And this is uh, Moses talking to the children of Israel. He's about to take them into the land that God's promised them. And he's telling them, he's saying, when you get there, you need to remember to be thankful. And so he's going to give them like this lesson on thanks, and there's some things in this text that I want to kind of pull out today that will kind of uh, shift our thinking and help us start learning how to be thankful in our life. So let's start Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 7. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Verse 10, and you shall eat and be full. This place is going to be a place of satisfaction. And watch this, and you shall Bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them. This is, this is our condition many times. We, we build these nice, cozy, comfortable lives for ourselves. Watch this. We, we get to the place where everything's going good. Business is good. The home's all good. Lest we've eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. When you're able to go to church every Sunday morning without a bother. When you're not having to worry about a pandemic. Then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who 
brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground there, uh, where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock. He's reminding them of everything that God has done for them to this point. And he's saying, when things start going better for you, don't forget that it is God who brought you to this place. Got you uh, water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware. Somebody say, beware. Beware lest you say in your heart, and this happens so many times to people, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. There's so many things in that text right there. But I want to start right here where Moses says, bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. In other words, be thankful for the blank you already have. Let's just do this. Sean, what are you thankful for? His family. Ryan, what are you thankful for? Her boys. Gavin, what are you thankful for? Family. Jimmy, what are you thankful for? Uh, job. job. These are things that we already have. This is, this is something that we, many families do this at Thanksgiving. You know, go around the table, what are you thankful for? You know, everybody's got their canned answer, their canned response. I, I went to Ashley School. She's a, my wife, she's a third grade teacher. And I asked the kids, I said, what are you thankful for? And I said, I'm going to go around the room and I want you all to answer one by one. And the very first kid that I asked, what are you thankful for, looked at me with this look of panic. And she said, she said I, don't, I don't know. I need to think about it. See, that's, that's us so many times. We get so used to what we have. We get so used to our family. We get so used to our kids. We get so used to our jobs that what happens is we take them for granted and we stop being thankful for the blank that we already have. So the first thing, the first step to learning this, this lifestyle of thanks is start being thankful for the blank that you already have. So many of us, we are so future-driven and more-driven, and you should have a vision for your future that we miss the fact that we should be thankful for what we already have. Because did you know, and hear what I'm saying, this is an important principle, the thanks you have for what you already have will pave the road into the more that God will give you. Your thanks for what you have now actually increases your capacity for more. But what God's doing is he's looking at your life and he's saying, are you thankful for what I've already done? Are you stewarding well, what I've already placed in your hand, because if you're not, then you're not making room for the more that you're crying out for. You know, when I was a kid, my dad one Christmas bought me this little uh, toy guitar. It was called a Terminator and had its own built-in speaker. And so I had that thing for a while and, you know, I'd mess with it. And then I just kind of shoved it off into the corner. And a few years later, I decided I wanted to play bass guitar. 
And so I went to my dad. I was like, Dad, you know, I want to play bass guitar. Will you get me a bass guitar? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, because I've bought you instruments before and you've done nothing with them. So you know what I did? I went and took that little toy guitar. I found it. And guitars have six strings. The bass only has four. So I cut the two strings off of the guitar. And I started learning how to play bass. And then I started using that as a bass. And I started playing it. You know what happened? My dad saw that I became thankful for what he had already given me. And he saw that I was stewarding it well. He saw that I was using it. And from that moment forward, he had zero problem buying me any bass guitar that I ever asked for. Because he knew I would be thankful for it. And he knew I would steward it well. What happens? Your thanksgiving gives way for more. I mean, you know this if you are a parent, and I deal with this all the time. I deal with this all the time with my kids being ungrateful, and they're always want, I want this, I want that, or they see that now, I want that for Christmas, oh, I want that for my birthday. And I'm thinking, you're wanting all these toys, and you've got a closet full of toys that you never touch. All you're doing is creating a, a junk pile for me to deal with. Why would I do more for them if they're not going to be thankful for what they have, and they're not going to steward it well? Start being thankful for the whatever it is that's already in your life. Because whatever you do not celebrate will exit your life. If you're not thankful for a job that you have, and you don't act like you're thankful, and you don't go to work like you're thankful and grateful to have that job, watch what will happen. You'll start just going through the motions, and somebody else will come in that's excited about it and supersede you. Say you're thankful for your family right now. Well, if your wife doesn't know that you feel thankful for her, she will find somebody at some point in time that will be thankful for her. Am I telling the truth? I mean, that's just that's the way it is. doesn't make it right, but that's, that's the way it is. We need to learn to be appreciative of what we already have. That's, that's one thing that I really did take from this pandemic because I, I would tell people like, you know, I'm thankful for the freedom that we have to come and worship together. Every Sunday without any persecution, without any hesitation, nobody stops us. We come together. And, 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 but I would tell people, it may not always be that way. And then boom, pandemic happens. What happens? We need to shut everything down. Now we're not meeting together. That liberty that we took for granted was removed from us. And through that time, I realized more and more the importance of what we do here on Sunday mornings. And we should never take it for granted again. If we are able to be in the house of the Lord, we should be in the house of the Lord. And we should come in with thankful and glad hearts, praising God that we have a family that we belong to, that we have a God who loved us and saved us, a God who touches us and meets us at the point of our need. And so I come into the house of the Lord with thanksgiving. I come into the house of the Lord with praise. And we don't have to work up or conjure up anything because the Spirit of God will meet you right there. The problem is we're not thankful for the church. I'm not talking to you, you know, everybody, obviously you're here, but I'm saying uh, as a whole, people are not thankful for the church. It's some, for some, it's something they have to do. You know, I went camping a couple of weeks ago, and I, I wasn't going to stay Saturday night because I needed to be here on Sunday morning, and uh, one of the people we were camping with said, oh, that's right, you have to go to church tomorrow. I said, I don't have to. I said, I get to. There's a difference. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to do this. 
I get to do this. This is a privilege. This is an honor. Joaquin, you don't have to run the switcher. You get to run the switcher. John, you don't have to do what you do for the church. You get to do it. Amanda, you don't have to work with the kids. You get to work with the kids. Scott, go around. You don't have to do it. You get to do it. It is a privilege. It is an honor to be a part of the kingdom of God and to know that we are a part of the family and we belong. Start being thankful for the blank that you already have. Second thing, don't forget where you came from. Moses says to them, don't forget that you were in slavery. And that it was God who brought you out. Don't forget you were in slavery and it was God who brought you out. Don't forget that at one point in time you were dead in trespasses and sins. And it is Jesus who brought you out. Don't think that you've gotten yourself to where you are in this life. It is God who brought you out. The reason so many of us have an empty thank tank. You like that? (laughs) The reason so many of us have an empty thank tank is because we feel like we've done it for ourselves or we forget how far we've come from. We, we forget the times that we've cried out to God. We forget the pain and, and the pressure and the stress that we've gone through and how we've cried out to God and he's moved on our behalf in a supernatural way and then we just go on with our life like it never happened. I know a man, listen to this, I know a man who was eaten up with cancer. And as long as he had cancer, he was in church. He was serving God. He was worshiping. God touched that man, healed him. He got a cancer-free report. Do you know what he did? He went back to doing what he was doing before he had the cancer. And guess what happened? It came upon him in a worse way. And that man is dead today. Why? Because he wasn't thankful for what God had done. Think about the 10 lepers. You know the story, Jesus and the 10 lepers? These guys are out. I mean, they've got a terrible life. They're outcasts. They have to, anytime people come by, they have to yell out, unclean, 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 because you can't get near them. Jesus comes by, and they say, Jesus, can you do something about this? Will you do something about this? And Jesus says to them, go show yourself to the priest. So all 10 of them respond in faith. Think about that. I mean, They all, all 10 of them had faith. All 10 of them responded to the word. And as they're on the way to the priest, the Bible says they they notice that they're healed, that the leprosy's gone. One of them runs back to Jesus and starts worshiping him and praising him and thanking him for what he did. And Jesus goes, weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? How many of us on a daily basis, myself included, fall in with the nine. God's brought us a long way. He's done so many things for us already in our path. The moments that we cried out for him, and he helped us. He responded. He cured the leprosy. But instead of going back in thanks and gratitude, we just keep on going. And what happens is we live entitled. We think that we deserve it. See, the children of Israel did not get the promised land because they deserved it. They didn't do anything to earn it. They received the goodness of God and his favor and his blessing because God is good. So don't be entitled. 
If we think that we deserve stuff, we live with an attitude of entitlement. And when you get stuff, we forget to praise the one who brought it our way. Think about that. Remember, this is important. Remember that everything you have comes from God. That's what Moses tells him. He says, beware lest you say in your heart that my power, my ability, my might, of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. The power to get wealth. Everything that you have and every ability you have within yourself for increase is because God has said, let it be so. Whatever you're good at, it's because God has made you good at it. Well, no, I had to practice. Yeah, you play a part in that. But the gift is from God. The ability, and if we will remember this, if we will remember that increase comes from God, that it is he that gives us the power to get wealth, then we set up our life for more. But if we don't, listen to this, if we don't turn our blessing into praise, it will become pride. If you don't turn your blessing into praise, it will become pride and you will think that you are the source of your provision. You will think that you are the one who accomplished something. Several years ago, I was a part of a youth group that went from 15 kids to over 1,000 kids really quickly. We were on television multiple times a week. We released albums. Uh, newspaper articles were written about us. A book uh, was written out of it. I mean, it was just an amazing, powerful time. So much so that we started getting the attention of major ministries around the world. T.D. Jakes, when he came to Atlanta to do his Megafest, they called us. They wanted us to do the youth portion of Megafest. So we, we did that at the Georgia World Conference Center. Like all kinds of cool stuff started opening up for us because of it. Well, a man that we had a contact with that used to do these resource books He said, I would like for y'all to write a resource manual for youth groups to have so that they can learn how to build a strong, productive, thriving youth ministry. And so my brother tasked me with writing the manual. And so I'm writing the manual and I'm coming up with all the stuff that we did and I'm talking about, you know, if you're on a small budget, do this. If you're on a large budget, do this. And I'm telling them all this stuff on how to build this large youth ministry And I paused in the middle of it and realized that youth ministry did not explode because we did anything. It exploded because God decided, I'm going to use y'all at this time, at this moment. It's not because of anything that we did. As a matter of fact, the stuff I'm writing about in the manual is stuff that we implemented after we started growing. There was no reason for us to have grown the way that we grew other than the fact that God's hand was on it. He's the one that did it. We are nothing. He is something. He is everything. He is all in all. And if you will get your mind on him and start being thankful to him and start worshiping him and praising him, he'll take your life into a new realm. And that's when you'll start walking in the blessing and the provision and the favor of God. We don't do it so that we can get it. We do it because that's who he is and it just becomes a part of it. You get to go into the good land. But don't forget. And what do they do? They go. Even with Moses warning them, they go into the land of promise and they forget about God. And what happens? Trouble comes upon them. 
How many of us walk through troubled times because we've forgotten to thank God for everything that he's done? It may not be all that you want it to be right now, but be thankful for the. Thanksgiving shifts your perspective. It takes you to a higher level of seeing. It's like the time I was, I was on an airplane, and it was raining, and it was storming. The skies were dark. But as that plane started to climb, we got up in the sky, and I told my girls to look out the window. It was sunshine. I said, now look down. The storm and the clouds were underneath us. See, that's what praise does. That's what worship does. That's what thanksgiving does is it brings us up and elevates us. It's not necessarily that the, the junk stops. I mean, sometimes God does stop it and thank God for stopping the storms, right? But sometimes God's like, hey, I'm not going to stop the storm. I'm going to take you through it and I'm going to show you how to rise above it and sail. And that happens through our thanksgiving. That happens through our worship. That happens through our praise. What am I trying to say? As we move throughout the rest of this year and into next year, Thanksgiving cannot be just a day on our calendar. It's got to be a lifestyle that we live. And we've got to discipline ourselves. Whatever it takes for you to do that, if it takes you making a list of things that you're thankful for and every morning praying and thanking God, whatever it takes for you to have a mind that has stayed on the Lord, that has set on Him and the things that He's done for you, begin to do it. It will make all the difference in your life. For those of you who are watching right now, I just want to take a moment and thank you for, for joining us today. You don't have to. You could have done anything. You could be anywhere right now, but you've taken the moment to watch or listen, and I'm grateful for you. And I want to pray that God would continue to bless your life as we move through this holiday season. Father, I'm asking that you would touch each and every person. God, give us a heart that is filled with thanks, a mind that has stayed on you. Lord, for whatever we're going through, God, we're thankful for where you've brought us from. And we know that you have the ability to take us even further than ever before. So Lord, move in a mighty and a powerful way and touch every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, amen.